Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan with the Startup to Scale podcast here and excited for today's conversation on the changing consumer wellness landscape. A lot to talk about all the way from Gen Z to boomers and how uh, products and consumer desires are shifting. So for this conversation, I've invited on Sherry Fry, who's the VP of Total Wellness at Nielsen IQ. Welcome, Sherry. Hi, Jordan. Great to see you. So first off, I would love to talk about what is Total Wellness? Uh, So we at Nielsen IQ, we call it total wellness because one of the things that we have really recognized is that consumers aren't just thinking about health and wellness. You know, of course, they are thinking about their personal health, and that's really evolved, you know, in the last 10 years, but especially in the last few years. Um, But what we've really identified is that they're tying not just their own personal health or their family's health, they're, they're tying it with how they think about the health of the planet and how they think about the social responsibility and the health of each other. And so um, this idea of, of, of wellness, is, it's not just personal, it's become so much broader. And so that's why we, we call it total wellness here at, at Nielsen IQ, because we're really, we're really seeing that, that that's how the consumer's lo- looking at it in an entirely different way. Yeah, I really like that perspective and thinking about it holistically. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I've been reflecting on kind of how, what new products are coming to market now and how they're just talking to consumers in a different way. Yeah, I just remember you know, a decade ago, you started seeing products with like the single attributes, like we're organic or we are vegan. And then it kind of transitioned to products putting like nine labels on their packaging, like <laughs> organic, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free. And there's this like proliferation. It's almost shifted now where back to people are like, whoa, too much. Like products are kind of going back to those single attributes. So I just love to kind of get a sense of like how you've seen the wellness environment kind of change over the last couple of years. Oh, I think that's a really great call out in terms of what the transition that you've kind of just anecdotally seen, because it's actually really accurate, you know, and we are seeing the industry, um, you know, actually, I think, you know, one of the big things that we're noticing is that attributes are very important. And there, you know, there are attributes that are evolving and changing, and you and I can talk about a few of those today, but um, we are seeing that it's not about just having that one flagship element or that one flagship attribute, but you know, we know consumers are looking for more transparency overall in their products. And that means everything from ingredient transparency. It means everything from, you know, wanting to feel good that the product was, you know, made well and that people along the supply chain were treated well. Um, And so when brands are looking at this, it becomes less around slapping a bunch of different labels on it, but really kind of that holistic ethos. Um, And so, you know, big things that we're seeing, of course, are clean label, you know, are no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, those sorts of things. Um, From a a growth perspective, you know, growth in sustainability attributes. So again, that idea of are they socially responsible? Is there great care for animals? You know, the animal welfare component is big. And then, of course, you know, growth around the environment. Um, But a lot of these aren't just you know, tags on the product, they're actually, you can tell that's the the full, the full brand ethos. Yeah, and like that. So instead of it just being a, a tack on label, it's part of the, the holistic brand that they're they're putting out. You know, I'm kind of curious on your thought. I know you mentioned artificial ingredients um, and flavors. 
how are consumers kind of looking at natural flavors? Because there's been a lot of debate on like whether products should use natural flavors from a transparency standpoint. You know, so it is hard to kind of say there's any one one size fits all for anything, but, you know, we are seeing, and, and I guess not just natural flavors, you know, we're seeing an increase in growth of products that are free from artificial colors, free from artificial flavors, preservatives. And one of the big things, you know, from a consumer perspective is it's becoming not just what they're putting on their body, you know, you know, but it's in their body. So when they are seeing this idea of, wait, I don't want to have artificial, you know, colors or ingredients or flavors or preservatives in my food. I don't want, I don't want it in my lipstick either. You know what I mean? So like, there's this, the fact that they're actually seeing these claims across the store, I, we think is driving a lot of the growth. And a lot of manufacturers are really just evolving and, and cleaning up labels. Um, you know, one of the areas around natural fragrances, natural, et cetera, um, you know, we're kind of seeing both. You know, so in some ways, we're actually seeing growth. As you know, we look at not just sales data, but we also look at search data. So we can see what consumers are, are typing in when they're going to a you know retailer website, whether it's you know Amazon or Kroger or whatever. And um, that we love that because that's we call that signal identification. It helps us kind of like see see what they're looking for. And fragrance free, you know what I mean, and and not no flavor, you know that sort of thing is also something where we know consumers are saying. I'm, I'm looking for clean all the way to the point. I don't want any, any addition to it at all, natural or not. You know, it's always interesting because I tend to work with brands who are our listeners are often like under $10 million in sales, which mm -hmm. are super small in the grand landscape. And I think we're reaching a growing population, but still limited compared to all the consumers. And so there's a, um, I think an overweighted kind of, perception of some of these things, right? So I've been hearing a lot of conversations about things like natural flavors or, or fragrance-free, but I also wonder like how that affects the larger population. If you think, you know, middle America or just like the everyday consumer versus like the very specific kind of natural products consumer. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And I think, you know, the more, um, there are a few people that, you know, like we are seeing more and more just um, consumers who are paying attention to you know, again, what they're putting on their body, you know, the impact that it has, what they're putting in their body in terms of inflammation. Um, and so that's one of those areas where you kind of are seeing a little bit of a, you know, a, a segment of consumers that are very, very focused on the cleanest of the clean. But for most consumers, we're just, you know, really kind of looking at like, you know, the, the artificial component of it, right? And how can we have more natural? And, you know, frankly, Jordan, I think that's something that has happened with the pandemic. It's just one of those areas where consumers are saying, I can have a little bit of control, right? Like I can have control and, and I, I feel better about, you know, I'm, and it, it might be that I'm eating something that's very indulgent, but I actually feel better about the fact that at least I know it's made with, you know, a lot of, without a lot of artificial ingredients. Yeah, completely. I agree. I want to kind of talk about the two groups that are like really pushing the, the wellness landscape and kind of on both spectrums. So one being Gen Z, and then also on the other side, the kind of aging boomers as well. And so maybe let's start with Gen Z and talk through what trends we're seeing from those consumers and how they're changing uh, the product landscape. Oh, I love this. I mean, I am a um, 
Gen Xer. And I feel like we never, ever get talked about. But it's because we're boring and we're not really leading any of the trends. Um, so you you actually picked two really great group, groups that we, you know, we're watching very closely. Um, and the Zoomers, right? There's that Gen Z. I mean, they're very young. So they're they're an interesting. I'm like, I'm like, I just thought like I'm millennial and like everyone's been talking about millennials and blaming us for everything. So I'm kind of happy the pressure. Yeah, the pressure's <laughs> off. Oh, the pressure's yeah. off. I actually love now how, you know, there was the whole okay boomer. Yeah. And now there's this whole like the Gen Zs are making fun of the millennials. So I'm a little bit like, oh good. At least, you know, Gen Xers, we can just stay here and kind of be yeah. quiet. <laughs> like usual. Um, but the Zoomers, so those Gen Zs, I mean, one thing just you know to to be clear that they are when we look at it many of them are still you know at home or kind of leaving home and so kind of isolating their behaviors oftentimes in what we're our research is it can be a little bit more difficult you know with our panel and that uh, we also do consumer research to overlay on that but one of the things that we're finding with that group is you know and it, it, this is kind of a pretty traditionally the millennials were very much like this as well idealistic buying their values and so you know, trends that we're seeing, like I mentioned, like the, you know, cleaning up of the labels or the, um, you know, the sustainability attributes, they index very high for those, you know, they, you know, they're, they're very much around um, their, their values and, um, you know, and social responsibility, you know, and, and also I think the other piece under social responsibility, you know, we look at that diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the, again, you know, they're a much more multicultural group, you know, and much more diverse than any of the other generations, you know, we continue to kind of evolve that way. And so that that's a, a strong area of interest for them in terms of supporting brands, looking at brands, you know, in that space. Um, and so they're driving many of the trends. But I will say, you know, we're watching this a little bit, because as we even look at the millennials, life changes, you know, once you start having kids, you, you know, like, it's not that your values completely change. Um, and we are, you know, seeing, a, you know, again, continued growth in those areas of clean label and sustainability across all groups. Um, but we're really kind of watching it with those, you know, with the, the Zoomers as they continue to kind of age up. Because right now, frankly, when you look at what they buy, they're also buying a lot of, you know, when, when it's, um, they're in the household, they buy a lot of snacks, they're spending a ton of money on health and beauty, right? They're like artificial nails, everything like they've got that expendable income. And so that's kind of where they're spending it and what they're spending it on. And so kind of watching as they continue to evolve, we think is an interesting, um, you know, we know that there's going to be growth in those areas, but will it be, you know, at that level that it is today? We're not quite sure. Yeah. It's always interesting thing about that and putting the perspective because, you know, even as a millennial, like when we were kids, we ate Doritos and, <laughs> you know, like Lunchables were like the healthy lunch option at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but even that wasn't like, you know, is what it is a, very, a little bit more processed. Um, but it was, wasn't was until we like start being able to like make our own decisions, buying decisions, things that things got like a little bit healthier. So yeah, I think that's interesting to me how things evolve. Um, you know, I've also gotten the anecdotally the perception that, a lot of Gen Zers are like, you know, they grew up in a time where everything's been in flux, right? Like through the pandemic and having to like, they're not just that they were idealistic, but the world has changed around them. And there's just been more of a sense of like, one, the social change and, and environmental change, I think it's important, but also just like having fun, like going back to food that tastes good first and, and things that are lighthearted because there's a lot of chaos and stress in the world. Let's just have a little bit of fun. It's kind of showing up in the products. 
I think that's a great point, you know, and I think actually, again, that was one of the things through the pandemic, you know, like I talk about wellness all the time, but the truth is when you think about the pandemic and the stress that it was on all of us, for many of us, comfort food was self-care, you know, yeah. like th that was a, a component of it and, and having a little fun with our food and being exploratory definitely is, uh, again, across all consumer segments. Um, you know, one of the areas that we were watching that we think is kind of tying into this is you're just the growth of global flavors and explosion, you know, and again, that that's tied to the diversity, but it's also tied to the fact that we're just looking to have more fun and exploration with our food. And, as, and I, you know, I'm not just actually just talk about food, but, um, you know, that's one of the big areas where we're, we're seeing a lot of those flavor, flavor explosions. That's fun. And, and I'm excited to see kind of the impact that continues to make. Um, I'd love to then talk about um, the other spectrum. So aging, right? I remember a lot of times I love the focus is usually younger, but talk to me about kind of boomers and how the sense of, of retirement and aging is changing and how that affects wellness. So they are, I, I think this is one of the areas and, you know, Jordan, we talk with our, our clients, we're, we're doing some work specifically here in this healthy aging space right now. And all of our clients are saying, yes, this is an area that, you know, we, we, as an industry, we tend to go like, what's new, what's shiny, what's, what are those young guys doing? But the reality is when you look at the size of these boomers, right. And this, these, the aging population, they have changed the CPG space at every generational stage that they've been at, and they're going to continue to change. And, and you know, you think about um, the, A, the size of them, B, you know, they're, they're aging very differently. And in fact, we've done a lot of research around, you know, what we're, we're seeing is this idea of kind of leaning into aging and aging gracefully. And I saw something, you might've seen it as well, um, last week where they were talking about the, the um, cast from Friends, you know, Courtney Cox yeah. and Jen, uh, Jennifer Aniston, same age as the women that were on Golden Girls, you know what I mean? Mm, but so think yeah. about like, just even the visually how different, you know, the aging looks um, just with the, with those two kind of, you know, sitcom sorts of sorts of groups. But what we're finding is really that the um, people are living longer. You know, I've heard a lot around like 90 is the new 40, which frankly, you know, Jordan, mm -hmm. I'm close to 50. So I'm totally fine with 90 being the, yeah. <laughs> be the new 40. Um, but it means that, you know, like they're, they're looking to age in a very healthy way. They're looking for things around longevity. Like it's really going to continue to evolve. Like things that were, you know, the space around supplements. And I think one thing we're finding is they're, um, they're leaning into aging differently. And so the idea that it's okay to grow old gracefully, you know, so that it's okay to go gray, you know, that you don't have to color their hair. Um, you know, I, I love, I don't know if you saw um, Martha Stewart, you know, blew up the internet, you know, with that pool selfie. And then, you know, <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, she was in her, you know, naked in her apron. Um, and you've got people like Jane Fonda, you know, that are in their eighties that, um, you know, even look at, I mean, I know this week we've got the, you know, the, the queen's funeral. I mean, look at the, you know, um, Charles is now in charge and what he's in his seventies, you know, right. so like just the idea that <laughs> like was 96 or so. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the longevity, the big piece we, you know, we're finding is that obviously it's a great opportunity for brands to innovate around this, you know, because there's very distinct need states. Um, you know, I mean, I we see some really cool things in the beauty space around, you know, shampoos that are made to really target, you know, the fact that there's a lot of hair breakage. Um, brands that are not talking, you know, they're actually getting rid of words like anti-aging because they're they're recognizing that that's actually kind of offensive 
yeah. you know, to, to this. <laughs> it's a reality that I'm aging, whether and no products can stop that, but exactly. how can I look good while doing it or feel good while doing it? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of the, I mean, I think the biggest opportunity, and we were just talking actually uh, last week to a, a, a professor, a medical doctor who's in this heavy in this space around aging is really the, the biggest thing for the, this um, segment is they're making sure their brain health lasts as long as their bodies. So, you know, really things around Alzheimer's and, you know, making sure that they've got that um, very strong well-being throughout their, um, you know, throughout the, their entire life, I think is one of the areas where, again, we'll see some great opportunities for brands and frankly, retailers to, to innovate for this group. You know, I love that too, because this, can, you know, for this consumer, a lot of these health and wellness things are um, a pain point and like a real pain in their lives where as some of the younger groups is a little bit of a nice to have, right? It's like, yeah, it'd be nice to eat healthy, but if I eat junk, like it won't really affect me that much. But for the aging, like as you age, what you eat has a higher impact on how you feel and how you get through the day on an immediate basis, right? If you eat junk, you will feel crappy that same day. And so it's a much more visceral pain point. And they have more disposable income to try things, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you nailed it. I mean, it's funny when you think about it, they've had more years with their own, with their body to know what works and doesn't work. Yeah. right? So <laughs> <laughs> Completely. I think it's, um, it's always been a, a under, under targeted group, but I think there's lots of products that can and should be developed for consumers um, as they're aging that's that specifically tied to their health needs. Yeah. You know, one thing, Jordan, that you um, you brought up earlier when we were talking about the Gen Z that I was just thinking what, you know, the, the one really fascinating thing that we're seeing that I think is really amazing that brands are doing is they're just being more transparent and they're being more real. And, you know, part of that and, you know, a lot of the folks that are listening on this call, a lot of that is being driven by new and emerging brands that are, you know, independent and that are just talking to consumers more directly in a more real fashion. Um, I just did a, a presentation a few weeks ago um, on personal health, your personal care, personal care. And, you know, you even think about how we're now talking about periods and mm -hmm. postpartum and, um, you know, we're looking at reproductive health and menopause isn't something that we're ignoring. We're actually really addressing it, you know what I mean? And, and putting it out in the open. Um, and a lot of that, you know, like real talk and authenticity is coming, you know, from, you know, small and emerging brands who are, who are willing to say, Hey, let's do this differently, right? Let's, let's be real with consumers because that's what they want. Totally agree. And the removing that sense of just like hidden identity within your life and, and being, um, you know, being your true self to the world and the good and the bad problems that happen. And you're right, like within this age, even of the younger generation emerging brands with TikTok and other and, and Snapchat and these other kind of instant things, there's a lot of people who are just like sharing every day, the good and the bad. And it's less, it's, there's definitely a lot of curation there, but it's less curated than like the perfect icon that never had any problems. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's almost like the, it's almost, I think the pandemic was a part of it yeah. where there became a little bit of a backlash against everything being too perfect and too <laughs> well presented where, you know, we wanted the real, you know, we wanted the vulnerable. Especially as like, no matter how rich you were, like 
you still had, were dealing with a lot of, you know, crap in your life and having to stay home, not being able to live the life that you had and you know, sorrow and family members lost across every kind of demographic. And so it's something that, that did affect all of us. Um, the last thing I just want to end on real quick are, are there any attributes or products that we're seeing really big increases in or any big declines in? So I know things like around like keto or organic or how those kind of conversations are changing. Well, so a couple things and, you know, just, um, you know, we're seeing, you know, I, I think the one that I talk, I get asked about the most. And so I want to give you a perspective is plant-based. So plant-based is one that we are starting to see slowing of growth. You know, it really grew in the last three years. In the last year, the growth is slowing. Um, there's just a few areas where there's, you know, continued growth like beverages and diet nutrition areas, but for the most part, everything else is, is not at the same level it was over the last three years. Um, it's one I would say, you know, where we're kind of like watching the industry and there are some brands who are just, you know, putting plant-based on products and, you know, that it's kind of just like plant-based really toothpaste. <laughs> plant like, was, was there ever meat in tooth? Like, <laughs> I mean, the plant, you know, it's like plant-based tampons and plant-based yeah. nail polish and, uh, you know, and, you know, and I, I think, you know, we, we've kind of been cautioning the industry that, we know that there's consumer interest in this. You know, they definitely want to eat more plant-based. We know it's from a health and nutrition standpoint. They know, you know, and again, like kind of getting back to the earth and the, this honoring of, of the planet and the environment. At the same time, you know, do you remember, I mean, this, this might date me, but you know, when there was gluten-free water, right? Like somebody put yeah. gluten-free water, it's like, mm. um, <laughs> and so this, I think becomes one where it's really for brands to understand, you know, this is not just a trend and an attribute that you want to just like jump on and, and put on your package. It really, if you, if you're understanding the why behind the consumer need, you know, that they're looking for it for more, you know, from a health perspective, from a nutrition perspective, and really frankly, tying it with other elements, you know, so the sustainability, the clean label, you know, cause those are the other pieces that consumers are saying, I don't just want something to say plant-based, of course, I want it to taste good. I want it to be healthy for me. But then I also really care about, you know, like how was it made in the environment and all those elements. So again, um, I think really being careful about watching things just in isolation, but really kind of, you know, watching them in combination. Um, the other thing, you know, that you just kind of, when you, you mentioned keto, um, what we are seeing is more and more consumers that are, you know, continuing to eat for health. And they're looking for areas around, um, you know, keto is a great example where we see people looking, you know, buying keto. We see in general, you know, keto still is trending up, but there's not that many people eating keto. It's just because keto has principles that consumers are looking for. They're, it's kind of an easy flag for like, you know, the low carb element. And so um, we do continue to see this idea that consumers are just eating, they're eating principles. You know what I mean? Like, lower dairy, you know, like I tried the whole 30 and now I don't eat dairy or I'm drinking less, but I'm not, not drinking at all sort of thing, kind of that sober curious. So again, kind of playing around with maybe more of a flexitarian approach versus a all in sort of um, perspective. Yeah. I think that's definitely a really good viewpoint on how to approach just products creation development in general, thinking about whether those, um, what's the lifestyle change that consumers are looking for? And then how do you design the products and your messaging to really meet that versus just using the, the dog whistles of 
of keto or things to to try to attract them. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we know the reality is we do know that consumers are interested in health. They're always going to be interested in health, but there's always going to be like the latest and greatest. And so for a brand, if you just tag on the latest and greatest, you know, really like we, we work with our clients often to say, look at this. Is this really a, a, a fad or is this a true long-term secular, you know, trend that you want to be part of? But it means you might not be using the actual words that are the, the current words, that, you know, words du jour. <laughs> I love that. Sherry, thanks so much for being on today. I really enjoyed this conversation.